Welcome to Glass Onion Minute. I'm your host for this week, Park Parkinson. Joining me is my guest, Philip Modest. Hi, Philip. Hi, how are you? Doing good. Here for minute 37, the 37th minute from 0 hours, 36 minutes, 0 seconds to 0 hours, 36 minutes, and 59 seconds in. In this minute, a this sounds weird to say, but in this short minute, uh, we learn Andy believes they'll stab anyone in the back to hold on to Miles' golden so-and-sos. And, and uh, Miles found that speech so real, uh, everyone else is much more thrown. Um, and it's dangerous to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. That's kind. That's kind of all. That's kind of all there is. Yeah, that's <laughs> most of it. <laughs> there isn't a whole lot. That's we, good. Uh, yeah, Claire wants to go after Andy, uh, and Miles just says, "Anyway, dinner's at eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna end that talk real fast, and then we get a almost a whole exchange." A very short exchange between between uh, Benoit Blanc and Birdie. Yeah, I want to I want to back up something we were mentioning earlier. You kind of get the capper here. Uh, is we get a good look at Peg when she when Andy takes the drink back. And, yeah. Uh, and I'm sorry, I can't remember this uh, actor's name. Um, uh, the woman who plays Peg, but. Uh, She's obviously really good. Oh, um... You'll stab a friend in the back to hold on. It's like Justine, but I can't remember now. This is great. Uh, uh, Jessica, um, Hennick. Right, Justine. It's no, spelled uh, Henwick. Yeah. Um, Jessica. Yeah. Uh, so she looks... Do we think that she's, like, a fan of Andy's? Because she's, like... I think so. I think is, she really admires Andy. Yeah. And even before... Like, I, I, I think her, ad, let's say this, at the very least, I think her admiration went up after the teardown. Yes. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I think she, I think she, I think, I think Peg might have the clearest, after Andy uh, and, and probably Blanc, I think Peg has the clearest understanding of who all these people are and what they're really like. Right. And I, this is something I, I think I think assistants know. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you know, she she knows the difference between the way Birdie wants people to think of her and mm-hmm. the way Birdie actually is. Yes, she and has seen the dirty she laundry. She has some kind of affection, but she yes, has seen the dirty yeah. laundry literally and figuratively for a while. Yes. Yeah. It is her job to have their to try and make there be less <laughs> dirty laundry. Yeah. And then, so I noticed that in this, and then I noticed something else I remember from the first time I watched it, because, you know, you're, especially watching a sequel to a mystery, you're, like, cued in to all the, like, little, like, a few little nuances, little moves, eye moves, that type of thing. And I noticed, and I noticed that I thought it was weird that Andy gave her bottle to Peg and then took it back. And yeah, and I was like, "You should never give your drink to someone in a murder mystery." You know, like don't ever <laughs> do that. Um, and, and and I wonder sometimes, as we're going forward, we'll even see more evidence of this too. Is like you always have to in a mystery, you always have to try to get red herrings. You have to make everybody a suspect. And I almost think that part of this was like, well, maybe Peg is like a super fan 
of Andy and goes nuts or, you know, or something like that. And, and I didn't, and then by putting the drink there, I thought someone was going to get poisoned. I mean, this is all stuff that you, you know, you, your brain just fires it off and goes away. But I, she gave her the drink. Yeah. Like she, like when she, she comes in and like gives the drink to Peg. Right. And I didn't know there was a, there was in both cases when she gives the drink to Peg and then when she takes a drink at the end, there is an emphatic nature to the gesture that makes it a good punctuation mm-hmm. on what she's saying. There is a I've arrived moment and there is a ah now I'm leaving moment and they and they're both punctuated by handing off or taking the bottle. Um, True. And, and and I so like visually, it did some business and I understood that. Plot wise, I also was trying to figure out. Wait, what is that for? Am I supposed to be watching that? Because I am now, uh, and and yeah, right. And in the next minute, there's an even bigger reason why you might think there's a good reason to be watching that. Right. So yeah, I was I was a little. I, I yes, well, I also noticed this, that and was and, weird. And and in this moment, what? what wait, is it this? Mm, I might be jumping ahead. In this one, we don't see Are Andy we... after she leaves. No, them. yeah, you're right. I'm getting ahead. Sorry. Nope, I'm getting ahead. Forget it. That's in our, our next, yeah. No. Andy, wait. Wow. That was so real. Anyway, dinner's at eight. See you all there? Yeah. Like Miles said, I'm a truth teller. Some people can't handle it. It's a dangerous thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. Yeah, and I and I, and I so I think that's good. I think I'm fine with that. Um, it's one of those things that I I wonder how much is like a directorial choice, and maybe or maybe just a Jessica Henwick is like already becoming sort of a scene stealer, not in a bad way, but mm-hmm. like you know she's just like. She's like a scene stealer person and like just <laughs> she's she has been put upon all throughout this movie, carrying the luggage and putting out fires and stuff. And here she is being like, it could be the most dismissive thing in ever, ever to just give someone your glass to hold while I chew <laughs> these people out. But she holds it like <laughs> like it's the the statue at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. She is revering the bottle that dared touch uh Cassandra's hand you know and and it's funny if nothing else it's it's very funny well, or uh, honestly a, a genuine appreciation of Janelle Monet's performance <laughs> could yeah, be maybe she's just <laughs> yeah, watching a good performance she's, going well she's awesome like, wow <laughs> she's real, I'm gonna stop being surprised at how talented this young woman is I could yeah I could also very much see Peg who is you know who is the the smart assistant to Bertie, who is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, uh, an obnoxious, racist, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Airhead celebrity. Airhead is good. For, yeah. Um, you know, looking at someone who has been cast aside, who was the, mm-hmm. who was maybe the smart one, um, uh, you know, come and like give some of her own back. And it's like Peg's been doing this for a while. Peg's been to several of these. Right. And um so she at least saw Andy around before. 
Um, mm-hmm. So she's she's aware to some degree of what's going on and what was up. And I mean, she I, there's so, definitely at this point she knows way more than we do. Uh, yeah. About but here's about but Andy. here she is watching someone literally saying what at least one other person is thinking, and that person happens yeah. to be Peg. This is so funny because in a lot of ways Andy has just done what Birdie says she does. Right. Yes. Only for real. And she's and <laughs> and with like insight. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And here is yeah. Peg. She's a truth teller. Peg watches someone, you know, BS their way at being this kind of person all the time. Yep. But Andy has actually done it. Which I think is the real meaning of yeah. the line at the end. You know, where where Blanc says Birdie says, I'm a truth teller. Sleevel can't handle it. And she says, it's a dangerous mm-hmm. thing to mistake speaking without thought for speaking the truth. And obviously we're meant to take this as his, as a Blanc's slight against Birdie. But also mm-hmm. we are supposed to be wondering if this is also true of Andy. And clearly Andy is thinking about this more than Birdie because Andy's actually thought about what she's saying and it's true. Yeah. And and I think we we get the sense that this is this is all true. This is not BS. But at the same time, was this a wise thing for her to be saying? That is yeah. you know, that we don't know and that we're left to wonder. I wonder I, how much I Block even to... was purposefully speaking to Birdie or or was he pointing so, out to I'm, Birdie, that's what you think you're doing, but that's what Andy was actually doing. That was my question, too, was that line. I mean, it's just it's like it's very good in that it's like perfectly suited for Daniel Craig's Southern Hokum mouth. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's it sounds like a thing that someone would try to crochet on a big pillow and it sounds like something that you know a southern gentleman would say and i almost wondered if that little moment to me feels like the real blanc coming through to actually help birdie you know what i mean like oh he's actually trying to I'm say just something gonna, that is she should take yeah like i'm really yeah. yeah you know like you say you say you think you're a truth teller you just saw it on display, but you don't connect the two. And like, it's a dangerous, th- you know, like just, you got to look out. And and I don't know. I get the feeling just in the way that he like brings down his energy and lowers his voice just a little bit. I fall for it to, to be like, I, that feels like him actually saying it was like, but in all seriousness, you know, like you really should stop fooling yourself and thinking that you're doing something strong you know like it yeah it reminds me of my mom i guess that's what i'm saying yeah um but uh yeah i i i like that line a lot and that that's just the the feeling i get from it it feels like him like the real him yeah you you Um, seem to you (laughs) you're acting like you're just living high off the hog but you should be as nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah see that was that was like an early draft of that they got they got much much better yeah um (laughs) but it would have it would have fit it would have fit yeah oh he he i Um, mean he definitely does that way more in the beginning i mean he had a couple that i i lived in georgia for some years and he had a couple in the in the first 
in the in the first part where he met them on the on the dock before they took the boat. Yes. Where I was like, wait, let me get my dictionary. Let me get my southern yeah. my southern my southern <laughs> English dictionary. <laughs> I but I just uh, I just recently saw the new uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse ooh, ooh, or you know across the Spider-Verse. I I want to take and there's my a couple moments very much. Yeah, I'm sure they'll love it. Uh, but there's a couple parts where some characters say things in like a dialect, and they did the comic book thing where they have an asterisk that explains what it is. Oh, that's nice. Pop up on screen. And I almost wish they would have done this. There should be a version to watch this for Benoit Blanc where (laughs) they was like, put on a dog. Like, you know, like that means to get really fancy at a party or something like, you know, or whatever it means. Um, Yeah. I I could have used it a couple times. I I was going to, yeah, I was going to point out something else uh, in just the middle part of this minute. Yeah. If I could, um, uh, it struck me in the last time I watched this movie that, so Miles's line is that was so real. Anyway, dinner's at eight and you know, goes into that. It reminds me of his invitation to this, to this, uh, whole shindig where it's like all this buildup about how, you know, like I hope your puzzle solving, you know, taste buds have been wetted. So you will be solving the murder, you know, the mystery of my murder. Send any dietary restriction, you know, like immediately deflating the impact of this very potentially serious or real moment. Just like he can't help himself in print or in person somehow yeah. to just like he is a moment step ruiner. On yeah, he's a moment ruiner. When I first when I saw that part, when, when I, I read when they read the message out loud. Yeah, I honestly up until he says it's like they all get there and he talks about it as if it's just going to be a fun game. I really mm-hmm. did wonder if like, has he been poisoned already? And he knows he's going to die. <laughs> like I really thought, yeah, they're really legit. He's calling them there because he has been murdered or he thinks he's going to be. <laughs> and he wants his friend. Like that's a plot. Like we've seen that. Like I've seen that episode yeah, yeah, of Murder, she wrote like four times, at least I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, and, and there's a couple of, uh, there's a, there's at least two Poirot stories. I think that, that that have that i think there's a there's a home story that has it i feel like this is this is a really common thing like people do where they they have the um often the rich guy who owns the mansion reaches out to the detective saying i've been murdered it's already happened or i'm going to be murdered this wednesday and whatever and here's what's going to happen and and you have to solve it there's no hope for me but you must solve my murder and I really yeah, thought yeah. it was going to be one of those for a while. It was somewhat <laughs> deflated, I admit, by the police and along any dietary restrictions, which is ridiculous because these are all his friends. He knows them and they do this every year. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. He knows yeah. if they have any, no. if they're gluten intolerant, he knows that already. <laughs> yeah, you should know these dietary restrictions by now. Yeah. But I guess, he, yeah, yeah, it's a funny joke. I guess, um, other than that, we don't really have any plot points here, aside from, again, a little more character. Yeah, it, it, this reveal. is the, this is one of the first times, too, sort of getting ahead of ourselves, but this is one of the first times when Claire runs away after Andy. Yes. 
it's one of those moments where when you go back and rewatch this, you realize that the timing of things was really worked out. Yes. You know, of like, yes, very carefully. They worked all that stuff out and I can tell you that's not easy and I appreciate it. And, and it doesn't dip necessarily because of having those things. It's just like, no, they just wanted to do it that way. So I, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's like a, appreciation grenade that'll go off eventually i'm trying to remember if is it does only claire go does lionel go i don't think he uh, does i think so getting ahead of, getting ahead of, he doesn't run off no well we don't we're, see we're him gonna see off. him later you definitely see, see claire and then go. yeah 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 um yeah yeah um and, and everyone else in this scene who we didn't talk about is looking very stone-faced whiskey's looking very stone-faced she's the one for the longest time i had no handle on um who whiskey sorry who uh duke's oh, girlfriend yeah for the longest time yeah no well she on. seems like and it seems like if you're playing with tropes it seems like she could be one that you can't like because you can't get a handle on her, you might not trust her. To, yeah. You know, you like might not she, know like how much she might be an interloper. Yeah. yeah. We don't know what to think of this person. And, and yeah, even in this moment when you're like looking for someone to break, right. When confronted by Andy's uh, harangue, you're like, Hmm, how do I read this? I don't know. Am I supposed to be reading something and how she isn't reading? You know, yeah. it's, it's fun to overthink my, this was also where I began to realize that at no point was um, was Peg going to step out and be the protagonist. Because for a while, <laughs> I was really wondering because Anna de Armas's character. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I'm blinking on her name, uh, but from Knives Out. Marta. Um, she was Marta. Marta, yes. She was definitely the protagonist of Knives Out. And if there's anyone in here, I would say is that like, is the corollary is it it would be Peg. Like Peg is the most Mm -hmm. Marta like character here. Yeah. She's in a caregiving position too. Right. I mean, she's, she's literally taking care of someone who is well off. Yeah. Uh, Someone who obviously is not nearly as good of a person to work for. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I would much rather be, uh, what's his name thrombies uh nurse then birdies um i don't know Assistant. babysitter yeah uh yeah yeah babysitter yeah no you're right yeah that's a, that's a that could have been there the one thing that got me in terms of the look like cinematography or editing i do have a little bit of music score yes. in here but not a whole lot um and it's pretty gentle was the uh when Andy was talking and as she's leaving, we get a lot of camera movement. There's a lot of zooming in and out, a lot of following Andy. And then when she's gone, the whole place becomes much more static. It is like the bomb has now dropped and now we're just looking at the reactions. Mm -hmm. Um, But the camera is much more still. Um, But also how much this looked like they were lounging on Mount Olympus. Like it reminded me of like, (laughs) like old, like a, Peplum movies, uh, uh, sword and sandal movies, where they would have like, yeah. you know, there's like a high place where you've got like couches and stuff, and it did have like a like a sort of symposium look to it, you know, all these couches and chairs arranged around a central location, yeah. and the sky is like out of every 
it's not window. They're like in a, they're like in a, in a. Right. Every opening. Like a pavilion. Yeah. And every opening is, is sky. It's, they really are like looking down on everything, which is, you know, how Miles is used to living. And I wonder about the effect of that where it's, you know, this, this movie ostensibly turns into like a closed room mystery, right? Mm -hmm. Where like, there's a certain amount of people in a, in a place stuck there and something's going to happen. And I guess part of the effect of that is like a sly version of instead of the walls closing in, showing you there's nobody around. Like there's nothing out yeah. there. It is just and no escape. open sea and there's no escape. Yeah. So it's, it, you're going to be here. <laughs> and, and it almost adds to the awkwardness where it's like, you can't like just get in your car. Oh, there's nowhere he says, you there's, why, why is your car up on that? platform your tower or whatever he's like <laughs> yeah. well, there's nowhere to drive it here which also is like well why'd right. you bring your car here you jerk um just to you just to waste the fuel <laughs> yeah. i guess um of like transporting on you know two yeah. tons of metal or whatever it is yeah yeah nuts no but it, it might it might be i don't know anything about cinematography except to point it out and say it's pretty but oh the movie, whole like movie is it, so gorgeous it is but um but I wonder about that effect, whatever that psychological effect it has on us to see that much sky. I wonder if it is sort of like, well, this is like the island mystery, you know, mm-hmm. like we're you are isolated. You are with these people. That is it. Nobody's coming to help you. I, it's different than if you're in New York City and you look out the window and there's people across there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I will say at because I'm I'm also I, I mean the the first island mystery I think of or the first mystery on like the sea that I think of is always and then there were none, and mm-hmm. you know by this point in and then there were none I think we've got at least two bodies. <laughs> yeah, was, it starts off. I was sort of looking at my watch quick. like okay we're a half an hour in and there's still no murdering. We're gonna get through some murdering, <laughs> right? You <know>. I mean, <laughs> and listeners. We get to some murdering. I don't know if you're watching it. with oh, us, yeah. We get to some murdering, but it's still a little by, a little while yet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I my Tuesday question for you, Philip, is uh, your okay. your general feeling on murder mystery films. If you got favorites, is there? Um, I mean, there are several versions of it, and then there were none. Um, <laughs> yeah, are there other ones that are similar uh, to yes, this? That you, I, mean, I know you like you liked Knives Out very much. And you like this one? I did. What are some other favorites? Yeah. Um, what are some others? Um, you know the ones like modern ones that jump out to me that I really liked are uh, there's one called A Simple Favor. Oh God! With, yes. Uh, yes. Anna Kendrick and and I forget the guy the guy's name who directed Bridesmaids, but he directed that too. And I was like, that's really well done um yeah yeah oh and then um, another one what's his name now i can't i see him all the time on and whatever he's doing fine um but uh that one's worth checking out for just like kind of a weird mix of like eerie comedy vibes yeah that was the first time i'd seen blake lively in a while yeah she and she's good too oh yeah out of the park she does a great Um, job and then the and then the other one, on the other hand, is The Nice Guys, the Shane Black movie where oh. uh, with Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, who 
Here's another thing I'm going to stop being surprised at. I'm going to stop being surprised that Ryan Gosling is funny because he is freaking hilarious. And that movie proves it. He is really funny. And uh, it's a two-hander kind of thing. Um, I like, in both these cases, I think I like the mysteries where the characters don't just arrive to solve a mystery and that's it. I gotcha. And there's, there's obviously like, you know, like there's a little give and take you have to do with that. But I think in both those cases and even in these movies too, where like the characters still like have lives a little bigger than just these few days. So it makes everything feel more interesting and more enjoyable for me. And, and so along those lines, those, those are ones that I, that have struck me recently. I think a simple favorite, um, Feig. Paul Feig. Thank you. I think that might be like, if you're looking for a companion piece to yeah, like, like I've all, I've watched all of the, I've watched knives out and glass onion a bunch of times. I'm looking for something else kind of similar that has, yeah, yeah, a combination of humor and gets kind of dark. Um, right, that's a good. That's a good one. Yeah, I think so. Very good one. Yeah, cool. Look it up, folks. Yeah, check it out. Uh, if you've not seen it, <laughs> I, um, in sort of like not as not as funny, but a kind of a combination mm. of like it's older, but also poking fun or or ripping off a little bit of the veil around the aristocracy. Um, Gosford Park is a bit of a hmm. mystery in a yeah, similar sure. way. Not a, not in a, yeah, it's different. No, but I know what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh well, I you mean in a Robert Altman way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it just is that. So it's like okay, well, there's some things you're gonna have to accept by way of going to a Robert Altman movie. Um, but yeah, you're right. It has some of that too. Yeah, I haven't thought about um, a simple favor in a while. That's and I. That was really great. I saw that one in the theater. It keeps coming. It didn't intend to. Oh, so really? Like, it keeps coming up on my on my recommendations, and I'm like, well, I guess you're right. Recommendation <laughs> algorithm. I would <laughs> like something that, that I like. Huh. Well, thank you very much for joining me, Philip. Philip, is there anything that you would like yes. to plug today before we conclude today's episode? Sure. Let's do another book. Uh, the second book. Last time I talked about the first in my Psychic Barber Mysteries, and the second one happens to be out too. That one is called The Homicidal Hairstyle of the Viral Video Vixen. And this time, Danica Lumen, wouldn't you know it, she got another (laughs) uh, mysterious omen by way of her psychic abilities to uh, read people's minds. Uh, And it takes her into the world of YouTube content creators uh, to try to solve a kidnapping. Do we have a duke? No, we do not have a duke. Wait, do I have a duke? Uh, nah. Dave could Dave Batista might be able to play that one guy, but I don't. I I think he's yeah. He could be kind of like a duke. Duke S. He's a, a duchess. Archduke. He's an archduke. Oh, there you That's go. It. Oh, dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> well, also check us out at Glass Onion Min, all one word. Please rate, review, subscribe to Glass Onion Minute on your podcatcher of choice. Goodbye, Philip, and we'll see you for our next minute, Minute 38.